0: Now, if you guys didn't have a chance to check out Amanda's episode in our launch, you should definitely check it out because she dropped some really great strategies for keeping stability in your life as you build your business. I'm talking some really epic strategies and I am so excited to welcome her back because now we get to learn so much more about her. So Amanda, hello and welcome.
1: Hello. So excited to be here, excited to be back. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No, we are happy to have you back. We learned so much the first time. It can only get better from here, right? Absolutely. All right. So where to start? Let's learn about this amazing business you've been building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I touched on it briefly, but just in case this is your first time where you're learning about me, I am a recovering corporate mama. So I left corporate mid last year. So last year meaning 2019, in case you're catching this in the future and gosh it's just been leaving corporate was one of the the real catalysts in the growth of my business but i did launch while i was still working and that was successful and helpful because i had extra cash flow so for those of you that are maybe still in that phase just know it's absolutely what i would recommend and i would help build a strategy for that because you have cash flow which as soon as you leave a paying job now it's all on you But yeah, I, so I officially launched fall of 2018, uh, my own business. And then, like I said, I was still straddling the line between my own business and corporate uh, for about six to eight months, somewhere in there before I fully left. And it, it has nothing to do with finance now. That's usually the first question someone asks me They're like, oh, you left corporate finance. So you must be, you know, launching some sort of business in finance. No. But most of what I did in my career is still what I'm doing in my entrepreneurial life, just not necessarily surrounded by finance. So the reason I always kind of like to give of why I, I felt like I wanted to leave my corporate job. I had a great job. I was very happy. But the one phrase I always like to say is I was just left unfulfilled. And I think... As I get older and wiser, uh, that fulfillment is just really important to me, and that's what I eventually started to chase, and entrepreneurship really continued to just show its face, and then eventually, I, I took the jump, and, and here I am today. So that's at least just the background story, which I think, for a lot of people, can be the inspiration that they need to start something else.
0: Definitely. That is actually one thing that I absolutely love about your story, because I'm not recovering yet. I'm still over there straddling corporate and business. So I just love to hear that, hey, there's an end in sight, A, and B, that other people have done it. So I would love to learn a little bit more of that time period when you were straddling this line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The The biggest thing for me that was important to figure out was I had to understand when I had time with my my family, when I obviously had time at my nine to five, and then when I had the hours that I could be building a business. If you're not able to figure that out easily, you will get really, really overwhelmed and you'll be burnt out before you're even really off the ground and running in a new business. For me, what that looked like was, so I launched fall of 2018 and uh, like September, and I had my first freelancing client by November. So it took, you know, a bit of time and let's see, by about May, I had five clients and it was, so six months. And by then I felt like I was getting to a point where I was struggling to get all the work done. Now at this point I was still functioning solely as a freelancer. So all of my client work was, I was doing their work for them, right? Helping aid their business. So it was time consuming. It's a little bit different now in the business model that I'm running, but at the time I didn't have much more of a capacity beyond that. So I think that's kind of in your timeline of, of when you're figuring out when is the right time to leave. It also depends on your capacity, right? And if you have no more time left for you or a husband or your kids, you're probably getting to that point where you're about at capacity or you're just, you're a little bit unhappy because you're so stressed out. Those are all some really big things that, that tied into when I knew it was right. I would say my husband probably would have been okay if I waited a couple more months, just cause he's slower to act than I am. But you know, we found a happy medium in the middle and what worked for everybody. But it was really important to understand where I was, you know, mentally, emotionally in that process. Cause it's a lot of work to manage a family, a business and a full-time job. It's absolutely a lot of work, but um, it can be done. I would say for me, you know, six to eight months from when I started to when I left. Um, And I've seen people do it in three months. I've seen people do it in a year. Everyone's different, right? So for those that are listening, you know, my story is not going to be your story and your story won't be the next person's story. You have to be happy with what it is for you and, and where your own truth is.
0: Yes, I love that. Everyone's journey is different. That was actually a very hard lesson for me to learn,
1: but one that really is essential if you
0: want to be successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to look at, and Rachel Hollis talks about this, right? Because for a lot of people, they think she was an overnight success. She wrote a book and boom, she was, you know, world famous. But what people forget is that she wrote six books before her New York Times bestseller, right? So she, she was been running in business for 10 years before she was so-called, you know, air quotes, famous. So that's a, if you're a female entrepreneur, that's an example I always like to give that, we see a 36 year old woman or how old she is that is extremely successful. And we think, well, gosh, I'm in my thirties. I just started a business. Why can't my business be booming like that? Right. Again, you can't compare your story to someone else's.
0: Now that's great. A great message. I do want to, I love something that you you mentioned and you kind of touched on it very briefly, but you said that you kind of launched in September and you got your first client in November. Now, That time period I know can be extremely stressful, especially if you are putting all this effort and not really seeing a return. Can you tell us a little bit more about that time period?
1: Yes, so launched meaning like I have announced to maybe the Facebook world, right? That I'm in business. But before then obviously no one knows that I'm doing something differently. So it's going to take time for people A, to understand that I'm doing something different, B, to then maybe send any sort of referrals and and see then just continue to connect with people. For me, that's been the biggest lead source for my clients is connecting with enough women, either online or offline, and either they directly become a client or they're referring me to a new client. So those first uh, two months, I mean, I was reaching out to most of my warm audience, warm audience meaning anyone that I consider a family or a friend and not asking for their business. This is something I always find really vital is I'm not reaching out as, you know, the lady selling the next MLM product, saying, buy my product. Now, nothing against people that are selling an MLM product, but I think family and friends can put up that guard, right? If someone's asking them to buy. I was simply asking for support. Nine times out of 10, who doesn't want to support someone that's asking for help? So what I simply was doing during that time was asking, you know, if they came across anyone in their network that might need my services, if they'd thought of anyone that could be a good referral, if there, you know, was some sort of a a network that they could introduce me to, right? Just anyone that I could basically connect with and talk to and share what I was doing is what I was doing during that time. The other little things were, you know, things like tweaking my services on my website or, you know, learning some new technologies that I was gonna be using in the business again, it was really vital that there was no way I could be leaving a corporate job just because I launched my own business, right? I had to make sure to still dance in both because I hadn't taken off on my freelancing world yet. I, you know, I hadn't landed the income that I needed to be able to leave. So there's definitely more to it than just, Hey, I'm open for business and come hire me. Right. Which I would say a lot of the newer entrepreneurs that I work with what we find out is they're not connecting with nearly enough people to bring in the right kind of business and you know most people think oh well i i had one discovery call this week or one new prospective call this week that's great now i'll hold off for three more weeks you know because they, they felt that activity and then now nothing happened either one the client's not going to close and now they still have nothing or maybe the client did close and they have a new client but then they're gonna be dry for all those weeks until they get another person in front of them. So really just building that pipeline, building that funnel of of connections um, of people that know what I'm doing.
0: Now, is that something that came naturally to you or something that you struggled with? Now for me, I'm, believe it or not, very much an introvert and reaching out to people and talking to people I don't know scares the bejesus out of me. So that's something I've always really struggled with. So I'm just curious if that was something you were kind of naturally good at or something you had to kind of overcome.
1: Um, I would say most people call me an extrovert. I'm an introvert more so in my energy. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to talk to you. I want to be by myself reading a book. But throughout the day, most of the time when I'm higher in energy, I'm an extrovert. It was still scary more so because it was a place of vulnerability, right? Telling people you're kind of at the beginning of something, telling people that you're starting something new that I had no idea would actually work or could be successful, Right? So I'm potentially you know, putting myself on the line. A lot of people now know what I'm doing. It wasn't easy by any means, but I think simultaneously I was working on my own mindset and confidence of, but I know this is what will bring results. Right? So it was more that mind over matter. It's like when it's 30 degrees in the morning and you don't wanna wake up to go to the gym. Well, you choosing every time to not go to the gym because it's cold means you're not gonna lose that 10 pounds. But if you can, you know, mind over matter and continue to choose to go to the gym, chances are you're going to find success. I believe it's the same in business. The more people that you can push yourself to go connect with and talk about what it is that you're doing, somewhere, somehow it will lead to a client down the road. If you were to ask me, you know, the same question a year ago, I would not have the same response at all. I think the other big piece about the entrepreneurial journey is it takes way more mindset work than any other corporate job I've ever been a part of, because it's it's me. I'm the front of the entire business. I'm the one that has to put myself out there. I have to make the decisions. I have to keep waking up to do work for my own business. When you're in a corporate or professional job, most of the time you're just fulfilling the duty that you have at hand. So it's a little bit less of that struggle inside, I think.
0: I love it. So we talked about how you kind of started your business and how it's really evolved over time and how, like you said, you had some great mindset changes in the last year. I'd love to know how has it changed with your family? Have you done anything differently since the beginning that you do now that you would definitely like to share?
1: Yes. Thank you so much for asking. I, I do. So when I first started working on my own business, of course, because I was still in corporate, there was a lot of hustle going on. I mean, I was still picking up the kids, bringing them home, dinner, bath, all that good stuff. And maybe every once in a while, I would duck out from that routine and my husband would take over and then I would maybe leave the house to go work for a few hours. But I had a pretty clear routine of if my kids are awake, I'm not working unless You know, every once in a while on a Saturday or Sunday, I would take three or four hours and go to Starbucks or wherever and work for a couple hours if I needed to. But I tried to really maintain that balance of I am a mom. I have young kids. Um, I did have the luxury that they usually go to bed by seven. So I still could, you know, get some decent work in after bedtime. But I tried to stay committed to not working when they were home because it just added more stress. And now that I'm not working in the corporate space, glued to a desk until five, I actually mostly only work until three. And so because of that, I've basically lost two hours of a normal workday that I was used to, but I'm way more efficient and I force myself to get things done probably even most of the time before three o'clock. And I would say that's really the, the big trick is when you're figuring out that balance is you've got to understand if you're leaving corporate to then now work from home, there is a much greater responsibility to actually get yourself to work every day because you don't have a boss hanging over your head or you don't have an office of colleagues seeing that you're showing up late 15 minutes every day or whatever, right? It's... It's you and, and the earth, like no one knows if you're gonna sit at your desk at eight, nine, 10, 12, who knows what. Now I really try to structure, for example, in my calendar, if you're gonna get on my calendar for the first time, you only can get on my calendar on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Not because I'm not available Monday, Wednesday or Friday, but I really try to structure the days of what I'm doing on that day. The so same with you know, if I'm working with a new coaching client my new coaching clients are not on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They're only gonna be on Mondays, Wednesdays or Fridays. So some of those little hacks I think work really well when you can still build in enough routine and schedule, even though you're working from home, will help you stay successful, especially stay motivated. Particularly, there's been times where I've been super busy and I took on three clients at one time and then I'll go a few weeks and not have any new clients And you're thinking, well, gosh, what's wrong? It's not necessarily that anything is wrong. It's just a different cycle of business than maybe you're used to, right? In the corporate space, you have the same tasks every day. It's very mundane. You know exactly what you're doing. It's just different in the entrepreneurial space. And you have to understand what those cycles look like. I would say, thankfully, I have a background in finance or I would probably be just a lost disaster with just how dealing with cash flow and, Especially if I take on a bunch of clients in one month and not the next month, managing my money, figuring out the budget, all that good stuff, you kind of have to start over from flipping from corporate back into entrepreneurial. You have to kind of figure that out all over again. Yeah,
0: I agree. The entrepreneurial journey really brings some roller coasters of so many things that you have pointed out. But you actually really touched on two things that I kind of want to dive into. And one is, Accountability and consistency. And those are just two really big areas that people struggle in. How do you do it?
1: Well, I still struggle just because I'm human and I still struggle with my own accountability. But the things that help me stay accountable to myself are things like my structured days, as I mentioned. So if I know that on Mondays, the first Monday of every month is when I'm writing my email content. If I don't do it that day, sure I could push it off to another day, but it'll probably run my entire week or month out of whack because I chose to be lazy on a day that I've kind of blocked in that time to do that activity. For accountability, I mean, I have lots of online friends now that I have no problem asking like, "Hey, I'm working on this. Will you, you know, check it out in my group or will you like I'll phone a friend basically, right? If there's something I'm working on that I feel I either want some feedback or some accountability for, I think having an online community of entrepreneurs is going to be really vital to your success. Mostly because your husband, your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad, whoever, they don't really understand what you're doing. They might a little bit. There's been plenty of times I try to, to explain something to my husband and have an idea like no but that's not how it works and he kind of gets frustrated and I kind of get frustrated but he's he can't be an accountability partner for me because he just doesn't understand the things that I'm trying to accomplish so you know that's like that's a whole second you know discussion we could go into but staying to accountability productivity blocking your calendar is gonna be really important to you goal setting is something I really preach in just my own world in my own business I feel when you have a plan, you're going to take action. Again, if we go back to a a fitness mindset, if you were to start training for a half marathon, you're going to follow a very rigid schedule. You're going to know the days that you're running and how long you're running and where you're going to go and and all those things, right? You're going to know what you're supposed to wear. You're going to have the right shoes. All this preparation goes into the goal of running a a 13.1 miles. So if your goal let's say is to achieve $10,000 a month, you can't just like throw spaghetti at the wall and hope that it sticks and magically all these clients are gonna hire you to then help you achieve your goal of you know, making six figures. You have to have a plan and that's what's gonna help you stick to that plan and take consistent action because you're following something that's, that's rigid, it has structure, you'll understand if you miss a day, it's not gonna feel good you know, same with the running. If you go back and, oh shoot, this Sunday, I'm supposed to run 10 miles, but I didn't do anything this week. That's not going to feel very good. It goes for the same way in the entrepreneurial space. If you're set to maybe launch a new course or a product and you haven't talked about it all week online, maybe you shouldn't launch, right? Or maybe you're, maybe you better start talking it up if you can't move the launch date, something like that. But you have to really stay consistent with your plan. If you don't have a plan, then you need to ask for help. All great points. All really great
0: points. (laughs) I laughed because as you were saying some of those, I had like a facepalm moment. I'm pretty sure you saw it. And yes, she is preaching the truth. I am not following it. And I am reaping those wonderful consequences. So make a plan, people. (laughs) Make a plan. people. You heard it here. Alright, so we touched on some wonderful topics. I guess the very last thing I really kind of want to dive into you is you are kind of like the systems master. I do like a lot of systems, you're right. See, systems master. And so I kind of just want to dive into like,
1: alright, how do we start creating some of those systems? That is probably one of the top questions that I get from most people. They're like, okay, well I don't have anything, so how do I get started, is usually how it goes. First, I want you to pause that you're not gonna go from no system or organization to all of a sudden organization. I'm a big analogies person. So if you're looking at my house and some areas of my house are organized and some are not, I'm not magically going to organize my entire house in one day. You're not going to fix your business in one day either. So first, just give yourself some grace, like you will get there, but I would tackle one thing first, If you're not sure what you're tackling, then I want you to figure out what is the part of your business that actually produces income. Most of the time it's going to be clients, right? I'm assuming that's what we're in business here for. So your clients, so what sort of system or process that involves your clients could help streamline that process to then make it easier, run smoother, run faster, whatever it might be. So your first thing would be, Well, gosh, I better have an automated scheduler. You'd be surprised how many people I still will send an email. They're like, are you available on Wednesday at two o'clock? Or how about Friday at one? Or, right, they give me all these options. I'm like, I'll just reply and send them my link and say, why don't you go ahead and schedule when it works for you? Done. See you later. I'm on to the next task, right? So efficiency-wise, how quickly can I get people on my calendar? Well, I could send one link and have... 10,000 people on my calendar, if I wanted to, right? I mean, if there would be space, sure, why not? That's always one of the first things that I'm gonna make sure that we have in place. Then we're gonna go to something simple as, like looking into our emails, do we have canned responses? Meaning, do you have a set response for some sort of thing that comes in that you can just drop down, select that pre-created email, maybe customize it in a hot few seconds, and then push send. Again, you're not recreating the same message over and over and over again. A good example of that would be, let's say you have a contact form on your website and it it brings the lead into your email inbox, right? This is pretty just generic lead generation. And you have to now customize an email response to this person, but you're more or less gonna say the same thing, right? Like, thanks for contacting us. Thanks for checking out my website, yada, yada, yada. Like, here's a few, you know, initial steps to get started or whatever, to learn more. You shouldn't have to write that more than once. You can write it and save it as a canned email. And then again, you'll just use that over and over and over again. Now that process isn't necessarily bringing you money, but it's allowing you to free up more time to then get in front of more clients more often, more easily, that sort of thing. Now, once we have, again, some of these like more basic systems and processes. Then we would dig into things like a CRM, which is what most people also always ask me about. CRM, meaning client relationship management. I actually don't set up a CRM program for a lot of people that come to me because I tell them you don't need it. If you've been in business for a while and you have a large inflow of leads and clients, then sure, you need a tool to manage your leads and clients. But if you get a new client or a new lead, like not very often, then why are you going to go pay $10, 20 $30 a month for a program that you don't really need? So I'll, I'll end it on that because I feel if we're, again, focusing on more of the income producing activities, which is going to be something around our clients, how quickly can we you know, get a client in and out of our business? We could then have a CRM inside of that CRM we'd be able to maybe manage our contracts, our proposals, our invoices, in a much more efficient manner as well. So that's usually kind of the the last piece to that particular area of the business that I would focus on.
0: Awesome, I love this. Uh, You are speaking my language here. Like I said, I love systems, I love automating this. This is all, love it. But that's all we really had time for today. I hope you absolutely loved everything Amanda said. She brought so much value to the table. We talked about so many wonderful things. And yes, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have an awesome day.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you're struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, Mama. See you on the next episode.